Hello and welcome back to The Director's Diary. My name's Alex Palmer. Um, today we've got a really interesting topic to talk about. It's um, something that has kept coming up in my mentoring sessions that I've been running. Um, something I really wanted to share with you today. The title of this episode is called Move the Needle. and um, For me, I want to talk about how, especially during um, lockdown and especially during Covid, how can we as artists and as freelancers um, defeat that whole uh, negativity and guilt that is associated to not working? And how can we also as freelancers take on massive projects that might seem way too intimidating to tackle? I know, speaking honestly, I have um, been dealing with sense of guilt when it comes to not working and um and also a real sense of procrastination in the face of a massive project so what can we do to defeat that and to keep moving and to keep moving the needle so without further ado let's get to the podcast my name is alex palmer this is the director's diary it's no one's intention ever to share a diary so if you're listening to this keep it close and use it well So the big thing for me this week is about, um, as I said, moving the needle. So um, I've been reading a lot about, um, I've been reading into a, a guy called Simon Sinek, who is a, a big kind of motivator for me when I I listen to his stuff. Um, he's, a, he's a kind of business motivational speaker, that kind of person. But he goes into businesses and uh, I guess you call it business consultant, right? So. He talks a lot about um, why do people brush their teeth or why do people go to the gym. There's there's no instant results and you don't go to the gym and instantly have an amazing body. So what can we do in terms of habit building that, um, that move the needle incrementally? Like progress is and what we've got to keep doing is keeping it's that keep it's a kind of grind that is often laughed at but it's that sense of the little things the little bits become big bits um some some phrase that has stayed with me since i think it was primary school it was a poster on the wall that said how do we eat an elephant and underneath it said piece by piece and i think there's so much truth in that it's a kind of breaking big tasks down into smaller bits that you can then accomplish that then give you a sense of um, kind of achievement because you've done that little bit. Something um, that has also come up in my mentoring um, I've been doing with some directors in the industry, some emerging directors. Um, I wanted to go through a kind of list of a short list of things that I'm uh, asking those guys to do. Um, so hopefully that gives you some inspiration as well the first thing is are you reading enough and especially if you're a director but um it, it counts for all people across this industry like are you reading into your skill enough so if you're a playwright are you reading plays how many plays a week are you reading same with directors if you're a designer how, are, are you actually flexing that muscle that creative muscle are you designing projects that maybe don't exist maybe you want to exist so so the next time someone comes to you with an idea you've got 
a plethora of ideas already fleshed out during this time. So it's kind of a provocation to use this time of lockdown, to use this kind of off, in inverted commas, um, off time to be still um, flexing that creative muscle. Another thing that was said to me um, from my mentor at Punch Drunk was, um, and it's kind of stayed with me, and I then am now passing on this um, advice, is it's an impossible task, but he turned around to me and said, what you need as a director is 10 finished productions in your head, ready to go. And I was kind of baffled by, you know, I don't even have one or two at at this point. Um, How am I going to get 10? And his reasoning behind it was if the Royal Court come and say, we've got the studio space for a two week run, we want you to, um, we want you to come on board. What have you got for us? You can then say very easily, well, I've got X, Y, and Z because you've already worked through those ideas. If the Royal Court come to you and say, you know, we've got this space and then you're umming and ahhing, it, it becomes a problem and maybe you're going to be settling for an idea that is less than um, great, let's say. For me, it's about um, really flexing that muscle and challenging yourself to have those 10 finished productions. I never got to 10, but I think the challenge is there and I've, I definitely have more than five productions that I want to do in the future. So then that also helps you because if you've become um, used to doing that, the next time uh, you're in a position where you need to come up with the next project, you can just look at that portfolio that you've already created. You're not starting from scratch. The analogy that was used in that mentoring session with the director was about um, that particular director feeling that she um, was kind of she's kind of um just graduated university and felt like she was about to run a race and the gun was about to go off and then covid hit and the race got cancelled and i the provocation i gave to her was well the race might be not you know the runners might not be running but that's no not an excuse for the runners not to be at least warming up or moving their starting blocks further down the track so there's kind of there's things that you can be doing in the background that yes, although many of us are not making work at the minute um, because of restrictions, that's not an excuse not to be honing your craft still. So the next point it kind of comes into this um, the whole topic of moving the needle. I was reading a book called The Accidental Creative, which is a really good book for freelancers, I think. But um, there's an equation in there quite um, thought-provoking that says you only need three things to produce great work Um, and I'll go through them now the three components of this are consistency brilliance or talent and health and if you have all three that means you're creating consistently brilliant work and by removing one of these three you can see how they're all interlinked so Um, If you have consistency and brilliance or talent, but you don't have health, that equates to burnout. If you have brilliance and health, but you lack consistency, you become unstable or unreliable. And if you have health and consistency, but you don't have brilliance, then you're just making mediocre work. 
So you can see how if even if you lose one of those three, then you're not moving the needle, you're not making good work, you're or, or you're burning out or or you're really um not making work at a consistent rate. So how do you um let's tackle one of those things, it's about consistency. So how do you build habits? A key um leader in the in this field of habit creation or consistency is a guy called um, Dr. B.J. Fogg. And he uh, has written a book called Tiny Habits, which I would uh, recommend to anyone listening to this. If you're listening to this, you're the type of person that wants to develop yourself. And this book is just an added tool for that, for that exact thing. He has a five-day free program online, which is really great. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, um, Fogg says that it's the same thing that I as I said before, right at the beginning of this. It's it's creating tiny habits which lead to bigger habits. So it's the habit should not be to lose weight. That's, that's too broad. It's too non-specific. Um, but the the habit should be to um, to do something very 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 achievable. So to go for a two minute walk. He even says in his program like if you're if the habit you want to build is going to the gym, the first visit to the gym should be you go into the gym, you get changed, and then you come back out. You don't do any workout because the habit should be going to the gym. So, um, and then the second time you go, you get changed, you do two minutes of work, and then you get changed again, and then you leave. And he says this this tiny incremental habit building is it's going to make you stay going to the gym for longer rather than going to the gym, working out for two hours, coming out and doing that maybe three times a week and then losing it by week two or three. This kind of commitment to the tiny aspects of it is uh, is the gold. Something else that he says in his book, um, which I've adopted into my lifestyle, is um, linking tasks with other habits that you already do so I'll give you some examples of these so for example I've wanted to get fitter in my life so I've started wanting to do more uh, push-ups or sit-ups so every time I boil the kettle I have to do 10 push-ups I drink a lot of tea I drink about six to eight cups of tea a day so I'm I'm also doing about 60 to 80 press-ups a day just by that one tiny thing um, so you just link that new habit to a, to an existing one. Another thing could be um, if you wanted to be more grateful or, or practice gratitude, every time you brush your teeth, you um, have a notebook by the sink and you write something that you're grateful for. Or if you wanted to be reading more, every time you get up, the first half an hour is reading, reading time. So you know no matter what, you're getting up and you're reading. You're not getting up and looking at emails and looking at social media or making breakfast. The first... 30 minutes is reading time. Something else I found really useful um, is about tracking habits. So um, I bullet journal, which is a really good way of um, tracking habits, but it doesn't need to be as um, kind of, it doesn't need to be that. It could simply be um, if you've got a small whiteboard to track that or even on a calendar to tick off days. It's a physical and visual reminder of how you're doing in that habit. It, it also, by having a a streak, for example, of a week, 
it keeps you more motivated to keep up that habit. So it's a, it becomes an added risk of not doing it that day. Um, there is also something to be said by if you have a streak of two weeks, for example, or let's say let's increase it. So let, let's say you've done this habit for 50 days and then you don't do it for one day. There is a psychological um, phenomenon where you're less likely to do it the following day because your streak has been broken. So just to acknowledge that that is the case so that you double down the next day to to rebuild your streak is a it's just an added kind of uh, banana skin that you could come into because then you might lose your habit completely and something that you've worked on for 50 days becomes uh, completely useless. So that's habit building and I think there needs to be a conscious effort to build the habit. Something that's really helped me is writing down why doing this habit would in, would be a benefit to me. So and I know that people are going uh, they're going to be thinking, well, I want to be fitter because it's going to have health benefits, so that's why I want to do it. But actually, physically writing those things down manifest it so much more because you're, I think it's the it's that process makes it a lot more concrete. And, and next time you're deliberating whether to go for a run or not, you can think or you can even read reasons why you should do it. And that might be the tipping point to actually make you do it instead of not especially in I think especially in lockdown those kind of inner conversations are happening I can vouch for myself they're definitely happening with oh I'll just do it tomorrow because there's not a necessity to it whereas if I had a streak that might be broken I might be thinking again or I might be thinking in a a different way one of these is uh, uh, in that kind of three equation three-part equation I went through is uh, brilliance or talent and I think um, I think that comes back to are you reading are you are you actually honing your craft flexing your muscle is something that we can be doing during lockdown and I think I think we have an innate um, uh, view on whether we're talented or not and in which ways we are and we aren't so I don't think I need to go into too much detail and I also think the only way of getting better is practice so um, my provocation to anyone listening is to complete those 10 finished productions or experiences that you're making um, even if it's hypothetical and the third one is health and I think um, I don't want to talk too much about this because I'm not really qualified or you know who am I to talk about people's health really but in my experience um there's a sense of freelance guilt which which we've touched on definitely in this podcast about um yeah about uh, I'm not working on my projects so I'm feeling guilty or negative because of that um and this is something that I know everyone listening to this might have um come across at one point or or another maybe you're maybe you're dealing with that now, right now um my overriding tip here is to not be too hard on yourself and also to acknowledge how you work so if, in an example for me for example i play some i play video games sometimes for longer than i probably should but i know that playing video games is a kind of um time away from work 
it's a way of my brain kind of relaxing and I get away from all the logistics and the difficult problems that um, when I'm working on a project, those come up. So it helps me relax. It also is that that kind of downtime where my brain might come up with the next project or or a new idea. I might be inspired by something because I'm not thinking too hard. It's like kind of why do why do people come up with shower thoughts or um, just before you're about to fall asleep you have those ideas. It's because that the brain is in that theta state, which is the creative. Um, it's not doing too many things. It can relax. And just knowing that, you know, those two hours watching Netflix are necessary for you to be then working on the project again. Um, and just don't be too hard on yourselves. It's It becomes a problem for me when um, people start complaining. Um, I've got a real low threshold for people complaining because I truly believe that you are in control of your actions and you are... Um, and I would challenge anyone to to come at me with a scenario where you can complain and have a just cause for complaining. You know, like if you're complaining about not having enough money, well, uh, you could be doing a side hustle. The, those two hours in Netflix could be one hour and then you could be doing a, a side hustle or you could be working another job or, you know, if uh, you're complaining about not having enough time, all of those things still apply, like you could stop doing certain things to then do that. But if you're um, if you're happy with that level of um, extra activity or extracurricular activity, if you want to call it that, kind of not non-project work, if you're happy, then there's there's no issue. You're winning, and uh, you don't need to be hard on yourself for watching Netflix for two hours because we all do that sometimes. I think as well, what I've put in my diary here is um, what can we do with what we have? So lockdown is really, really tricky for a lot of people, especially in the, in theatre, especially in the arts where venues are closing, audiences are not wanting to gather. Um, we're seeing a lot of kind of digital work which isn't really hitting the mark because it's not live and it's all recorded or it's all being made by rich, uh, often white organisations and there's a whole kind of uh, political thing about who can make quality recorded stuff and what what things in the industry are being seen so all those kind of things it's worth acknowledging that it's really difficult but what can you do with the skill set that you have um, at this moment in time we're seeing it with Slung Low in Leeds about um, completely shifting their um kind of mode of being from being a theatre company to being uh, a food bank and a delivery service like they have a van they've got the manpower and they they're very good at logistics so they that what have they got in this moment what can they do to make a difference and that's what they've chosen to do which is amazing um something that we've chosen to do is a digital project called project intimacy which is a text-based performance experience where we connect two people from across the uk um and we curate a two-week-long experience um, which aims to promote compassion and kindness and uh, connection in a time of isolation for many, um, especially prevalent in kind of April-May time where lockdown was happening. We felt that was our skill set. We can um, 
we can help people in that way. It was less theatre, actually. It was more of a social thing. But that's an example of us uh, changing a project or creating a new project um, and thinking about what can we do right now. And now that lockdowns are being eased, what can you do it with your skill set to um, either to help people, to help businesses? What can you offer? Um, and if you can't do anything kind of uh, immediate or if you can't think of anything there, it goes, it goes back to that. What, are you flexing that creative muscle? If, if you don't have the opportunities, create them yourselves. So challenge yourself to come up with those 10 productions. Um, what's, a, what's a project that you've always wanted to do and never had time to really sit down and think about it? And take the next week. If you're not doing anything, what are you losing? You're losing seven days. Take the next week as a kind of residency, call it a residency or call it a, an R&D phase and just um, sit with your thoughts and or maybe work with other people that you work with just to flesh out that one project, like take the time. Before COVID-19 happened, we were berating ourselves for not having enough time. We didn't have enough time to kind of slow down and think about things properly. We were rush, rush, rush. Now we've got the time. We're feeling guilty for not working. Um, so it's kind of, you've got the time that you wanted. So just create. And even if that's not a project for now, you've got it in the back locker so so that when when things do come back into normality you can hit the ground running thank you so much for listening um a short one this week but i wanted to jump on and just uh yeah really provoke you to keep moving the needle to keep moving forward um and to keep seeing the the small wins in each day as part of a bigger thing something that's worked for me is looking back on a year or two years and look back where you were and where you are now and actually congratulating yourself. If you're on, if we imagine a staircase from one to a hundred, the step from 77 to 78 seems really, really small. But if you look back down the staircase at where you've started and where you've got to now, you see the, all the work that's being put in. And just to congratulate yourself and to be kind to yourself and actually say to yourself, actually, I've come a long way in three years or however long. Because I think what we tend to do is always think about the next thing, always think about the next project. And we sort of feel guilty for resting on laurels or to congratulate ourselves in some way because there's always the next thing. And yes, there is always the next thing and that that's what makes us ambitious. But especially now, especially where health is concerned, especially in lockdown, that mentality is needed, I think. Um, if you haven't, uh, a re- leave a review on the podcast store, wherever you're listening, it really, really helps the, helps the podcast get out to more people. And I'll be back next week with some more thoughts from my diary. Thank you so much. <laughs>